Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of RZ Weekly, our weekly podcast about religious Zionism, modern orthodoxy, and everything in between. My name is Ruben Spolter. I'm the director and founder of Kita.org, an online education initiative. I'm here with our rabbi, Molly Bravsky, who is a, cl- a clinical social worker and a uh, Jewish educator living in Gush Etzion. Hello, Molly. Hi. Hi. And our rabbi, Johnny Solomon, who is an educator, a teacher, a mayaetz, a mechanech, a personal consultant, and, and my personal religious guru. How are you, rabbi Johnny? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I really think of you that way. Um, uh, we're going to talk today. I don't know if anybody of you noticed, but we're in the we're in the middle of we have just started an election season here in Israel. So we're going to turn to Israeli politics, not in the sense of who's running with well, sort of in the sense of who's running with whom, but more focusing on the RZ part of our RZ weekly this week. Meaning, we're, what's what's really interesting is things are finally after. Three election cycles. Are we on four? Are we on four or five? This is four. Whatever. Isn't this four? This is number four. Yeah. After four, after three crazy election cycles, things are starting to shake out a little bit. And one of the things that's happening is a, a real theoretical, if they're not just playing and, and, you know, fake fighting, a theoretical shakeout in the religious Zionist world. So I, I'm just going to sort of set the scene. There was a party called Habayit HaYehudi. Habayit HaYehudi was rejuvenated by Naftali Bennett and Ayala Shaked a number of years ago, uh, and they really brought a lot of new energy, and they, they, they really rose to power and were able to garner a tremendous amount of seats. I don't remember how many seats, but it was a lot, a lot for them. So Naftali Bennett decided he's going to, uh, a, a number of election cycles ago, he's going to now, uh, he wants to be prime minister. And after trying time and time and time again, he realized you can't be prime minister uh, by, by just being the head of a religious party. And so he left Abayid HaYehudi and created what's called Yamina. Yamina is a right-wing party, but he sort of said, but I'm still kind of want to be religious Zionist, sort of, okay? And then when he, when he left Yamina, that left a, uh, uh, an incredible gaping vacuum into which Rav Rafi Peretz came in. Rav Rafi Peretz was a very popular rabbi. He was the chief rabbi of, this, of, of, the, of the army. And Rav Rafi Peretz uh, tried, to, uh, tried to, take, to play his hand in politics. And I think according to all, would we all agree, uh, failed miserably. He just, he just he, you know, it's, it's not for everyone. And the fact that you're a good rabbi probably means you'll be a bad politician. I don't hold that against Rabbi Rafi Peretz at all. I kind of, I kind of felt bad for him. So Rabbi Rafi Peretz has now decided he's leaving uh, politics. And now Bayid Hayudi is kind of up for grabs for the, for, it sounds like a woman named Chagit Moshe is now going to be the head of, if she wins, the, I don't know, if she wins the election. So Bayid Hayudi exists. It's actually in the government, or Rafi Peretz is still a minister. Johnny, do you know the, what, what minister he is? I'm, I'm less of a... You don't know. Molly, do you know? A little quiz? Do you know what mi- he is the Tsar Yerushalayim. He is the minister of Jerusalem. He is a minister. <laughs> he gets a driver, whatever that means. Anyway, okay. But he's leaving. Okay. But it still is a player. It's, it's the old maftal. Mafleget datilu umi. At the same time... Uh, in Yumina was always these two players named uh, Naftali Bennett and Bitsalo Smotrich. Smotrich was the head of what was the name of his faction? It was called Ichud Haleumi, which is translated roughly as the unification, national unification. And Bennett and Smotrich always kind of worked together. 
and sort of figured out how they could live with each other because they needed the elect they needed each other's votes in order to the pass way, the minimum. I'm sorry, threshold. I want to just add one thing. I, it's not our topic, please. Today, but I think we have to mention Ayala Chaked. Ayala Chaked was um, yeah. um, Bennett's sort of second in command. She's probably the the star, the outstanding um, figure in um, you know Bennett's. Uh, I would say cohort she she was an excellent i think in my perspective she was a very good sarat mishpatim and i think a lot of people who who liked the party liked she, i think she's one of the people that has a pretty strong positive um public persona and i think you can't leave I, her I know, out of the conversation correct. and we're she's not, not at, religious and she's, and not, she's religious, not religious but she's very committed right. to the values of of the, that yamin espouse so again i don't think she's gonna be part of the conversation tonight but i don't think you could talk about this whole thing without oh, mentioning 100%. her i don't think that i don't think it would have been successful without her it's what's interesting is that that in one of the pat of the four i don't remember which one it's all a blur now she was given the reins of the party and she also failed meaning she was never she was never able to convince the core of religious zionism to vote for her because, which is, which is interesting in and of itself. Okay, so what Smotrich and Smotrich and has now what he's done is he's officially, or until they close the list, but let's assume that he's going to do this because it's a theoretical discussion. It's, it's a springboard for an important theoretical discussion. Uh, Batala Smotrich has split off and created a party called Hatsionut Hadatit, which is, if you ask me, is a, it's a pretty, um, I don't know, arrogant way of describing it. It's basically you're saying, I would like to now represent religious Zionism. You, Mr. Bennett, have now decided you no longer represent religious Zionists. I'm going to take your base, and I'm going to be Tzianuta Datit, and whatever's going to happen with Abayit Ayudi, maybe they'll join us, maybe they won't. Why is this interesting to me? And poor Mali and poor Johnny are like, they're not exactly sure. I'll, I'll explain why. Because this fight is finally coming to a head, the essence of deciding what does it mean to be a religious Zionist. Here you have uh, Naftali Bennett finally understanding if I identify as a religious Zionist, if the keep on my head shows on the back, you know, when I'm on TV, then a certain number of people are just not going to vote for me. So what I have to do is I have to divorce myself from the kippah, and I have to be Yamina, I have to be a non-religious party that focuses on, you know, if it's not Corona, it doesn't interest me at all, and all the other core issues that are key to, to religious Zionism. And comes along with Al Smotrich and says, okay, that's fine, but what about all the things that are important to us? What about the values of religious Zionism? What about the values of, of the land of Israel? What about the values of religion? It's just important to note, I mean, I'm going on too long, so I'm going to stop for a second, but it's, it's important to note that any time an issue of religion and politics came up, Bennett and Shaked ran away from it like as far as they possibly could, knowing that it was just a loser for them and their goal to be a larger party. Comes along Smotris and says, I don't want to be a large party. I'm never going to run the country as a religious Zionist. You want to run the country? Go join Likud. Go join Giron Sar. There are plenty of religious people. Why do you need to have your own party? And, and, and if, if I want to represent the interests of religious Zionism. So I'll turn it to Mali. And just, I, I, th that's why it was so, so interesting to me. This, this sort of drama, this soap opera within the, you know, the sub-religious Zionism is really the heart of like, what all of us struggle with. Should I vote for Likud or should I not? That, do I want to express my values in the government and do I, do I not? So I, I wanna, I, that's why I want to first turn to you, Mali, and ask you, like, how do you see like, this thing, not how it's going to play out. I'm not interested in like, you know, political spin and all that. I'm much more interested in the ideological underpinnings of, is there such a thing as a religious Zionist party? Or are we all just, I'm going to come to Johnny for that also, but is there just a, such a thing as mm -hmm. religious Zionism that requires its own party? 
Or should we all just be in Likud and have our religious values and bring to the country? This is really the struggle that's going on now. Right. So I think that's a great question. So I want to just say a few political sentences because I don't think you can understand what's going on without the politics. But I agree with you that the equity question is important. But the, the politics, is, politics is important because I was trying to understand Bennett. And as far as I understand, the reason Bennett um, is doing this, right? He does want to move away from religion because he's going after the SAR voters. He wants people who are who lean right but aren't going to vote for Bibi. And the belief is that if he's uh, if he's associated with Smutrich, he's not going to get those voters um, because a I think Ruby's right. I think in general a those people are not naturally voters of a sectarian. Um, party, a religious Zionist party. The other problem he has is that Smutrich's, and this is a problem for me also, and that, that's why I, I do want to mention it before I answer your question, Smutrich, Smutrich does not come across well. He is, um, he says things in ways that are not careful. He comes, he, he comes across as an extremist. He comes across as a provocateur. And I don't agree with everything he says. Wait, but I, yeah, Ruby. No, I, I want to respond to that because I want to, you remind me to come back to that. Smutrich is painted as a provocateur because he refuses to play the game in the media, which is so anti-religion, that if you don't couch your religion in a way that's appropriate to them, therefore okay. you will be painted as so a racist also, and a homophobe. No, no, okay, but he also says things that I don't agree with, right? He'll be upset with Tali Bennett because he'll be on a TV show that's, that's Mishudar well, and Shabbat. But that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, I agree Smotrich with you. Smotrich is, so is more to, complex. I, I actually, right. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to come back to Smotrich. Okay, I think so it's but really what I want to say, question. and I think you're right, Ruby, is that when, when I was thinking about this before we, we um, you know, before we had this conversation, I was thinking, what do I think? And what I think is that there's something very inspiring about the religious Zionist community, but also something a little bit sad about the religious Zionist community. And I don't mean sad as in a, a fault of theirs. I mean, as sad as in they shoot themselves in the foot all the time. Why? Because the truth is that religious Zionists are not sectarian, right? The, the, the Haredim are sectarian. They have a Haredi party that's looking out for their interests. And the reason they vote for their party is because they know that means money to, money to their yeshivot, uh, political power about issues that are important to them, whether that's army or uh, a million and a half other issues in which they, uh, the, the Rabbanut, right? All kinds of issues that they have a stake in as a, as, as, a, as, a, as a sector in society. And they think about themselves in their sector. Now, the, the Datilumi world. And you think Datilumi yes, don't? Do I do. Let me let me finish and I'll explain why. The Datilumi world does not vote sectarian. They just don't. They are we, we and, and it is wait wait. Let me finish. Johnny totally disagrees with me, which is There's fine. a difference in the voting and what the politicians no, want for that's themselves. Not, they, or how, they don't. Is there a difference they, in the voting and how they think about themselves? Those they, are not all the same. Right, also, but, right. Really so, so so one second. So right. So the question is why? But the, at the end of the day, Datilumi people when they vote. They're not. There's no party representing. Okay, vote for us. We're gonna. We're gonna take. Make sure money goes into the yeshivot hesder. Vote for us. We're going to make sure that our voice is heard in the rabbanut. Right, and that's really chaser. But the question is, what's the chicken? What's the egg? You're about to argue. A, but wait, you, wait, wait, wait. But you I have, to, I have to. I have to. I have to comment on that. Wait. That's a tragedy. It, because it is. because we need that money because I we agree. need that, those. I agree. It's a tragedy. So what I'm going to say is you're going to argue it's because the Datila Umi don't care enough about the religious issues. I'm going to argue. I don't think it's that. I think it's because the religious Zionist community, when they have to put their vote into the Kalpi, they think about what's better for the country. So they're going to vote on issues like um, 
right wing politics. Who's going to be who's who's good for bitachon? That that's that's where their head is. It's like to me, I, and I know the argument that you're going to say. It's not because of that. It's because they don't really care about those issues. I'm not sure that it's that. I think it's because it's like when when Bennett I didn't say anything yet. I didn't say when, anything. When Bennett, when, remember when <laughs> so Bennett? You're telling me lost, what I'm going to say. What you're going to say is because <laughs> I'm saying that's the classic argument. They don't care enough, right? When Bennett lost, the, when he ran and he and and he and it was like a, I forgot exactly which which cycle this was a long time ago and it's he lost a lot of votes was years ago he said it's because we threw ourselves under the bus for bb meaning people vote because the people were afraid it was bb versus i don't remember Lapid or whatever no, it, was, it, it was even before i don't remember who it was already and people were really afraid that if bb didn't get the the mandate that the left would form the government so a lot of people who were who were core bennett voters voted for bb to make sure bb i remember that was the election where bb was like oh my gosh you got to vote for me because the numbers are whatever there was one of them where bb like did it with the arabs also exactly that's what i was just gonna say but that's the same one ha ha you know that was that election anyway the point is that I, I think that, yes, we can say that that there's a problem in the religious Zionist world, that we don't have a party that represents our sector and that fights for our issues. And mela money to our yeshiva, which is, again, I feel like we're a little bit friaring because nobody fights for us. But there are actually issues in this country that we that it would be important to have our voice um, heard in, which in, 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 in terms of nation, state, religion, again, giyur, um, marriage, the, the things that we've discussed in this podcast. And there is no party representing that, right? Rav Aaron, Rav Ruchenstein voted Maftal his entire life because he firmly believed that we as a religious Zionist community should be raising that voice in, in, the, in the government. There isn't a party today that, that's doing that. And Smutrich is claiming to do that. The problem is Smutrich is not, he's, he's, he's the voice of Khardal. He's not so much the voice of the religious Zionist party. So my point is, I hear the argument that that's our fault because we don't care enough or that's not our identity. But I think part of it is not just because we don't care enough. Yeah, I'm just going to say one last sentence. It's because we think, we always think much more globally. We're the ones who are willing to go to the army and be Kravi. Meaning there's something in our religious Zionist Datila um, Umi mentality, where we're, we're, we're thinking about the good of the entire nation, we don't think sectorally. And maybe we should think more sectorally, but there's something about that that's really, I think, representative of the way we think in general. We think about the good of Claudius Yisrael, and we don't think about what's, what's good for our own narrow interests, which, again, comes around, it ends up shooting us in the foot. Johnny, I need you to respond to that, because you seem to, like, are, you, are we a sector? It sounds like the way Molly describes it, it's like, if I was a Haredi, I'd really feel sad for us because it's like, they're not a sector. We're just confused. We like everything. We like everyone. We don't know what we want to be. So uh, is that us? It could very well be. Or meaning, or I'm not saying is, we're confused. I'm saying we're ideologically committed to the good of the country more than we are to You can't be ideologically committed to everything. Are we a no, sector? No, I'm jo- saying when we, wait, wait, vote, Johnny, we I'm care sorry. about the people, Johnny, not just ourselves. Poor Johnny. Johnny, are we a sector well, or not? First and foremost, I, actually, let's just briefly make reference to this contrast between Datilomi and Haredi because we've, and I've said this on a number of occasions, I don't think there's a singular camp called Datilomi, just as much as I don't think there's a singular camp called Haredi. I know that because if you look at the government, there are multiple parties with different voices, with different interests each of whom consider themselves to be representing the voice of the Haredi community. But they're Similarly, smart enough to understand that what they have in common is, is, is strong enough that they can then come together as a block and, and, and vote in common interest. They're smart right. enough. So what we, we are, have we are within, <laughs> right, what we have within different voices within those identifying as religious Zionism 
are conflicting hierarchies. And, and Mali's right. There are some people, let's say Smotrich, who say my hierarchies are mitzvah, Torah, you know, trying to promote a certain religious dimension of the modern state. And that's number one. And land, of course, is part of that. It's tied in. That's the notion of religious Zionism. But that's not, never going to take anything other than first place. And there are others who say it's on the list. Nobody's questioning their individual loyalty to their faith or their individual loyalty to Jewishness in the state. But when it comes down to political decisions and compromises, that's something that can be put second, third, or fourth place. And so really have these different camps. Some who say, we're not budging. This is always going to be our number one. And some who say, yeah, but fact is, you're never going to get power that way. And this is what was the penny dropping with Bennett, realizing that it's all very well and good, me seeing eye to eye in certain ways with Bezalel Smotrich and prepared to compromise in others. But if I really want to be successful, I can't afford that unbudging manner, that, that insistent way of this being always number one because the majority of voters don't see the world that way. If I really so want to be successful or if I really want to be prime minister? Because those are not the same. I think for Bennett's definition of success, and I, I can only quote him because he's very, made very, very clear, he wants to be the next prime minister of Israel. That's not a rumor. He said it very clearly yeah, many, 100%. many times. That's true. So for him, definition of success is that. We know full well that he's, had, he's got considerable history with Bibi. He's gone through a whole bunch of rounds of politics. He's come out a little bit battered on the other side. And he's now said, I'm not prepared to make compromises in terms of whom I'm partnering with so that they do well and I do less well. I'm prepared to go all out. But that's meant a certain cheshbon and nefesh from him, which is said, again, individually, and it's important to know, and I know it wasn't meant that way. When we said he's, he's left religion, we're not talking about him individually. We're talking about in terms of his nitzigut and his representation of what is important. He's prepared to put certain issues on the back burner at best, because of his political desires and his vision for the state. And just say, just and, a couple And then of came things. along Smotrich and said, that's all fine and good, but then don't take your base, my base, don't take Tzionutadatit for granted as voting for you because you are not representing their interests. And that's why I'm asking you, Johnny, right, is Bennett so this, representing their interests or is, is he not? Yeah. Bennett would say yes, okay? And I'll tell you why. For already... Uh, a considerable period of time, even before the electioneering that's taken place this round. Bennett prided himself, and again, we could critique it or not, but he has been pro broadly consistent in terms of prioritizing helping people get uh, back, uh, you know, a healthy economy back into shape, given the what we suffered through corona. He's prided himself in trying to look out for everybody, right? Meaning almost ideologically blind. I don't care if you're Haredi, I don't care if you're Datilomi, I don't care if you're secular. I know that you're suffering. I believe the government have made mistakes. And these are the things I think that can be better to help you and you and you. So he's not trying to go for individual migzah. What he feels is that he has a great sensitivity to an understanding of the Datilomi community. He feels that he will certainly not allow certain mistakes to be repeated, but that ultimately isn't his top priority. However, and, and this is, well, we were discussing this. In, yeah, in but, but, was that? but Johnny, there's a whole area of, uh, of a list, as, as we're going to talk about in, in coming weeks, uh, conversion, which is coming up, Pundika'ut, uh, you know, a, a huge number of like recognizing Judaism 
the chord system, a huge number of areas where those values will determine what are you willing to horse trade in order to get the budget that you want, in order to get the votes that you want, in order to build the coalition that you want. And, and, so the, I and the concern, to that, and then I'm I'll sure tell you, as, as, have a concern of a religious Zionist community is, okay, which are the values that are guiding you in making those, those decisions, the chokeezer and, and the nature of the country and, uh, you know, and the closing of the malls on Shabbat and, and, and uh, you know, a list that goes on and on and on that when Corona ends, God willing, we're going to go back to fighting about. And so, right. and, and so the, there was an article, Bennett, you know, in McCoy, yeah. right. There was an article. Wait, actually, one second. I'm going to let you go on. Hold on one second. Yeah. I have to interrupt you for a second. We're going to stop here. My, my son reminded me. Take, we're going to stop here, take a quick break, <laughs> and come back right after this. Jewish studies teachers in schools around the world often struggle with the challenge of teaching students text skills. Decoding text, identifying shirashim, understanding word meaning, it's hard enough in English, but in Hebrew or Aramaic, it's a daunting task. But what if a Torah teacher had a learning tool that helped her engage her students with the Chumash material before they even walked into class? What if there was a learning tool that allowed a Rebbe to know which of his students had prepared the Mishnah and what specific parts of the material they found challenging? And what if that tool was digital, online, and totally customizable, allowing a Murat to have complete control over what and how her students were learning? Now, Judaic teachers can stop asking what if, because we've built that tool. It's called Kita. To learn more and get a head start on planning for the coming school year, visit kita.org today. That's kita.org. K-I-T-A-H dot O-R-G. And we're back. Johnny, yes, Mukori Shon, please. Right, so there was an article in this most recent edition of Mukori Shon reviewing a book which is actually a published dissertation by Dr. Noam Haddad. Uh, what is the book called? Atziunot Adatit, Dat Lumiot Politica. And what Noam Haddad has done is try and make sense of this migzar called Datilumi, religious Zionism. And we've debated this on a number of occasions. And what he said is the following. How... What did I do in my dissertation? I studied thousands of articles from the Datilomi community. And I've wanted to kind of make sense of the, the tones, uh, the priorities, the messaging, the hierarchy of values expressed by internal conversations. See, we think that Datilomi represents the voice of Smotrich. And he says it's just not true. He makes the argument, again, we could debate it or not, that Dati Lomi, including Khardali, is, and I'm going to quote, is a Tnu'a Lomit Bikara, Shochei Sochila Zahimla Elu Shalatsiunta Translate, please. It's a national movement which is almost the same in terms of its priorities to secular Zionism. We think that there is a vast ideological, ideological difference between Dati Lomi priorities and, shall we say, general secular priorities. And he says, when it comes down to it, what are people really talking about? Money. They're talking about education. They're not talking about gear. They're not really talking about, on a regular basis, those hot topics which may well agitate and aggravate us. But when it comes down to the Kalpi, when it comes down to the voting station, when it comes down to the kind of conversations that take place where I live in Evanshmul and other places, it's actually things which aren't really much different to places which don't consider themselves to be Datilomi. And this really is the key question. 
when you say you represent Datilumi, does that mean that those religious issues like Smotrich is trying to push are really your top priority? He claims they are. And he is uh, true, he is correct, sorry, that there are some people who agree with him. But Bennett's making the argument that, yeah, they're on the list, but they're really not as high as you think. Okay. I, I, what's more important is money, economy, education, healthcare, etc. Et it's, it's a really interesting question. I, I want to turn it back to Mali. Mali, I was listening to the radio this morning, the Common Lieberman show that I really love listening to. On the, uh, I listen to it on podcast. You can, you can actually subscribe to their feed and listen whenever. And they had on the radio, it was maybe it was yesterday, a guy from Bells who was trying to explain to them like why their schools are still open in Corona. And they said, listen, every community has its, has its hill that it's going to die on. You know, literally, he said, they're, you know, the, the secular, they're going to die on the hill of protests. And they think that protests are important enough to die for. You guys think, and I mean, he didn't really say what it was. He said, you think it's Hit Yashvut. Like, we think it's Talmud Torah. He said, that's our, that's the hill that we die on. And they, they were like, literally, people are dying because of that. And he's like, yes, that's most important to us. So I, I was thinking to myself, we haven't, I mean, I know Mali lives in Gush Etzion, but we haven't. Uh, died on the hill of of Hityashvut for for at least a generation, if not two generations. What, what was, was once true in 1967 until let's say 1980, it's not true anymore. People don't move to the Shtachim uh, from our communities because of, out of ideological uh, want, as much as they move there out of a need to find affordable housing and looking for certain kind of communities. Some people, I think we should qualify some people. All right, the major, I, I would say the, that... the people that I know, the majority of the Mizrahi that I'm aware of. What hill do we die on? What's our hill? Do we have a hill? Or we're just so spread between so many different issues that are important to us, and they are, that we don't have a hill. And, and, and if that's true, maybe we shouldn't have a party anymore. Maybe there doesn't need to have to be a mufleget yinudadatit. We should all be like Zev Elkin, wonderful religious guy, high up in Likud or Sire or whatever. You know, pick your party, pick your politics, and be the religious person that influences from inside, as they argue, as Tipi Chodobeli argues all the time. What hill do we die on, Molly? Right, so that's a great question. So first of all, I think I think that Johnny is right that you have to remember that um, th there are pockets within the Datilumi community, and again, I think Smutrich does speak to. I, I think that that the article um, that you quoted, Johnny, was a little bit overstated. Uh, you know, nobody in the religious uh, Zionist community really cares about religion. It's not true. Um, as I said to you guys before, I, I have a couple kids in Ariel, which is one of the religious Zionist movements. Yes, it's more associated with the Khardali movement. All they talk about is that our goal is to bring Mashiach and to make make this country a holy land. And it's not true. There is there is a very strong Khardali movement that actually still does care about this. And I think that in general, his statement that religion doesn't really matter anymore in the postmodern world is very short-sighted. And I think you can't understand the larger world we live in unless you understand that there are a lot of people who take their religion very seriously and they vote their religion and it has tremendous impact on um on, on the the, this, the way countries go so i think he was I, I actually agree with you like johnny didn't have time it was not fair he couldn't like go into the yeah. analyzing that article so we'll just we, i agree we should leave it at I, that. I but i think johnny said it very well link right i think yeah, well, if you're interested well. to our listeners right. right if you're interested send johnny an email he'll be happy to send right. you the link but johnny's <laughs> point was very well <laughs> was very well taken <laughs> Okay, um, which is that it's, it's it's more complex than the way he said it, but that there's truth to it, right? So, so you'll have a group that will vote sectorally because they really do care about these things. But then, Ruby, you're right. There are also a lot of people from again, as Johnny said it, they have a lot of other priorities, which is why when I, I go back to your question of what hill do we die on as religious Zionist people, I myself am torn because 
when you say it that way, what hill do we die on? You make it sound as if we are people of no values. It's kind of like modern orthodoxy, right? I know, but like, really the corona thing, the corona thing really struck me. Like, yes, those people are going to protest in the middle Wait, of okay, a pandemic. Okay, so I'll tell you. All right, because so but because I of democracy, because they hate BB. And these people are right. saying, literally they're saying, okay. they're saying, and yes, what hill the are danger we, are we of dying corona on? is I'll not as important. Yeah, I'm saying it was really like and I'll tell you, to me. And I'll go back to my point, which I really do feel is correct, which is I think that the hill that religious Zionist people die on are we're going to be the ones that are going to be responsible for the good of the country, even if it's not for our good. And if you can tell me that's overstated, that's how I feel. My poor kids are sitting in lockdown because other party, other people can't stay in their own houses. So my kids are, are like suffering. The, we are the friars of the country. We are the friars of the country. It is not a joke. We are the ones, to, again, we go to the army, we sit in lockdown, we don't have giant weddings, we don't go to Balfour. We're the ones who are like, well, what can I do? It's Corona. I've got to be careful. And again, I don't, I don't want to say as if we're the biggest sadiqam on earth and there's no, you know, Dati Lumi weddings that are breaking rules. Of course there are. I'm just saying I do think that that is part of it. It's that we are educated towards the value. That is the Dati Lumi value. The Dati Lumi value is putting the good of Am Yisrael first. And because we also have a piece that has a tolerance piece, which I think has, has kind of entered into, and we've discussed this in the past, entered into our ethos, the Datila, when I when I made Aliyah, the Mafdal was a very narrow party. It was. And that's, you know, you could say that's good because they fought for their constituents, but it was terrible because they were, they turned off the rest of the country. And people hated, do you remember? I mean, you don't remember, you guys weren't here, but like, especially after Retzach Rabin, right? Which again, in a certain, you could argue that that was well-deserved, but religious Zionists were hated. People hated them because they said, all you care about is land, 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 and you don't... I remember. You, you, you're not... And the, and the country moved no. and said, we have to... The, 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 the sector moved, and they said, we have and, to... And, and maybe because of that, they saved Yudan Shomron, interestingly. We have to hit Nachel Balavavot, and now there are Garinim all over the country, and, and and I think that that's, that's actually to the credit of our, of our community. Now, again, it, it does hurt me because the fact that we don't have a sectoral, a sectarian peop- group that's fighting for our values, and also in the way that we want, because again, the way Smutris and the Chardalim are going to represent our sector is not the way I want our sector represented, because I don't agree with their values. We don't have, by definition, we've locked ourselves into a bind, where the hill we die on is, I'm going to take care of everybody else instead of myself. And well, then who's going to take care of us? And then what's going to happen to us? And also, what's going to happen to these, these again, as you said, your marriage, um, you know, major issues that we, the whole Rabbanut, but, we're going to just be mocked here, the Rabbanut. what basically said is this contradiction. You've said on a number of occasions, our values, and then you've said, but Smotrich doesn't represent me. So who is our? So, okay, so, okay, so when I say our, I mean the non-Khardali, more, cent- I don't know what word you want to use there, right? elements of the religious Zionist world that let's say if you want to think about Olam HaYeshivot the non-Kav Olam HaYeshivot right so you're talking about um, you don't have to name Yeshivas Malay Adumim Gush Rot Shaul but if you don't have but if you don't have a patron saint in the government and you don't have a right. party the O's Yeshiva are going to dry up very, very Which, quickly. I agree. That's why it hurts me. It hurts me that we are the friarim of the country. It bothers me. But I don't know what the, what, like, it's like we're educating ourselves too well to be, like, to be the ones. We're educating ourselves into oblivion. Yeah. Okay, I want to go back. I want to actually go back to the Smotrich question. I'm going to turn to Johnny. But before I do, we're going to take our second and final break. And we'll be back after this. 
Hi there, this is Rabbi Johnny Solomon, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my virtual learning community, as well as the opportunities I've now created for people to have sessions with me for spiritual coaching, halachic consultations, and for one-to-one -one learning. Have you ever faced a situation where you want to get some advice about your spiritual direction, religious choices you're making, and you're not quite sure who to turn to? Or perhaps there is somebody you'd like to talk with, but they simply haven't got the time. Or maybe you have a Sheila, and rather than wanting a simple answer, you want to have a better understanding of the sugya of the issues involved. Over many years, people have turned to me for advice, and as a result of that, I've now created a virtual learning community, where I am, for many people, a virtual rabbi of sorts. People turn to me and I make time so that I can hear from them, talk with them, help them grow and give them guidance, direction and understanding. To find out more, please visit my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, where you can either book in for a standalone spiritual coaching, halachic consultation, or one-to-one -one session, or where you can join my VLC, my virtual learning community. Thank you. And we're back. Wow, that was quick. Okay, I want to, time flies when you're having fun. Johnny, <laughs> I want to, the magic of podcasting. I want to ask yeah. you about Smotrich because, okay, you can, uh, he, he talks too fast. I heard him on the radio this morning. He definitely talks too fast and he's definitely aggressive in his tone and that can turn people off. But he has been portrayed in the media, as I said before, as a racist, as a homophobe. He is what's, you know, a, he's, a, he's a red flag. And, and Bennett had sort of might have to disengage with him or disassociate because of that, because people won't associate. But it's really because, if you ask me, it's because he is unapologetic about classic religious values. He just refuses to say that values of the Torah that I believe in, I'm not going to say them out loud. And that's really what's been demanded of us because the Torah is not the Torah values regarding family values, regarding, you know, regarding choices that people make. They're not values that are popular or allowed to be expressed in Western culture in which we live and especially in Western, in Western, uh, in, in the media in which we live. And he refuses to play that game. So is he meaning like, is that, how do we promote? And then if you don't want to be Haredi, then how do you promote values that are Torah values? Yes, tolerant and yes, nice, like, you know, and not be portrayed the way that Samotrich is portrayed. You know, if I would get up and say, even if, you know, Johnny's great, you know, but if you would say the same thing, you'd be portrayed in the same way. So how do you represent religious values in an era, in a time, in, a, in an atmosphere where no matter what you say, if you don't toe the party line or you don't do what Naftali Bennett does and say, I don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to, I don't represent that, then you're obviously painted as someone who is, just beyond the pale, and might as well be with Itamar Ben-Gvir because they're all the same anyway. So, firstly, uh, I mean, I can't speak to uh, all his pronouncements and policies. Uh, I've met Smotrich once or twice just at conferences. Um, uh, and I should also add that overall, I want to take my hat off to people who work hard for for the betterment of civic society. Even people I disagree with, people who do it day in, day out, often 
and go through the rigmarole of being attacked often you know in the press it's not fun so we're speaking about uh Shaked, bennett and smotrich and they're different people but i believe a lot of those who choose this path oftentimes uh don't gain much and lose a lot and are driven by what they deem to be uh, well-intended values why do i think smotrich gets this kind of treatment i think when it comes down to religion he doesn't listen what i mean by that is a following I happen to disagree with some of his readings of what we were just describing now as Torah values. I don't always see things how he sees them. But the the issue is that in politics, you need to be prepared to hear the voices of others. And when he speaks about religion, he doesn't even seem to be prepared to hear the voices of other religious people who see things different to him. So he's very unbending in that regard. And I think that... Uh, it's it's hard enough to make up a, a compelling sell for Torah values. It's impossible when those values are being pushed in a way as if they pay no heed to the experiences of many on the ground. So I, I just I don't think he does himself many favors. Uh, I don't know what, how deliberate that is or how subconscious that is, but it has alienated some. It's made others very proud because they say, look. He's he's it's interesting, he's Johnny. When you say that, stubborn. when you say that, it, I understand what you're saying, but it, it seems to me that you just reworded what I said. If you don't couch our values, religious values, the values that all of us, all three of us, believe in, and we are we consider ourselves moderate, in terminology that's acceptable to the public, if you don't say it the way they want to hear it, they will brand you, and therefore there are things that all of us will never say in public, Correct. even though we believe them with all of our hearts to the, our very core. Because of that branding, how do you represent? I mean, so the Haredim say, "Listen, we look differently than you. We just we're, we're just a different breed. You, you know, we're different than you, and we're not embarrassed. And we're going to wear our crazy hats, and we're going to have our long beards and our long pace, and we're going to do it proudly. But we don't want to do that. We want them to accept us. We want, you know what I'm saying? We want the, we don't want necessarily want them to see the kippah. No, the Smotrich so, doesn't. Smotrich is Smotrich very wants clear. to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to say, "No, I am Tzionut Datit." I am part of you, but I'm also a Dati, and I'm not going to be embarrassed about that. And maybe that's impossible today. Maybe in the current climate, it's just impossible. I, I don't. I, that, that's I, the thing I, that I, I should, me. We should we should note that he hasn't. I mean, he's been a minister, a minister of transport, wasn't he? Um, he's he's done things which aren't just uh, limited to religious sphere. No, hundred percent. They, they said that and, he was like incredible as a as a as a transportation minister. That he got he got like. Incredible things done. These are capable. I mean, personally, I think Bennett would be in. I don't know if he'd be a good prime minister. I think he'd be a good sar. Like, like he's a good sar for you. He's a doer. He's a bitsuist. He's a mankal. I don't know if he's great at, at, at you know, politics. Be honest with you. I don't know if he's such a great po politician, but he's he's great. He get things done. He really does. But that doesn't mean you're good at politics. Maybe Smotrich's problem in politics. He's just honest. He says what he thinks. Right, and and and, and Mali would tell us perhaps. Uh, uh, better than us too because both of her time here and she's had a keen eye on these issues part of the issue of the religious Zionist political camp is being basically one of these two options option A is you stand as a firebrand and say these are your values and to date everybody who's done that have not you know been in government or if they have they've had no portfolios if they had they've had no control and even if they've been there they've lost very very quickly and the few people who've had some staying power have learnt either the short way or the long way that whether or not they, they mean well, 
fundamentally, they need to be speaking to the broad population. And if you not only don't speak to the broad population, but sometimes say things which are pretty cutting towards some members of the population, you shouldn't be surprised if you've, uh, you know, you aggravate people, rub people up the wrong way. And not only do they simply say that person isn't for me, but that they say that person is distasteful to me. And ultimately, I guess it boils down to, you know, should rabbis be politicians at all? Because as a rabbi, you represent religion, you represent a spiritual truth, you represent an ideology. Whereas as a politician, you have to put your finger up to the wind, literally, and see where the winds are going and who will vote for you to give you the most power. It's not about, it's about the combination of my ideology, representing an ideology to give me power to, to forward my agenda. And those Interestingly, are just, by the way, that's the I'd antithesis say that of what a rabbi, rabbis that's, the know. that's the antithesis of what a rabbi is. Maybe that's why Rafi no, Peretz is so bad at it. He like, I think most rabbis, by the way, are, are wise enough precisely because they have daily interactions with people who don't always see things their way. They know how to couch things. Actually, an experienced rabbi knows how to do that well. Yes, but he has uh, his limits. Have... He has his limits. And because, like, as a rabbi, because I was a rabbi, because I was a community rabbi, like, I, represented, and I, I represented orthodoxy. And, I, and yep. I knew how to couch it and tried not to insult people, but I had my lines. And everybody accepted those lines. But here, where you're trying to reach a broader and broader and broader art, and maybe the, I think that's Smotrich's point. I don't want to be a large party. I want to represent the people who want me to represent them. But in order to do that, I have to articulate values. Molly, what do you think? I, I should sorry, uh, I just, sorry, 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 just before we get to Molly, and sorry, I don't speak because it's what we haven't spoken about is until two weeks ago, these two politicians were working collaboratively. Uh, and even a few weeks beforehand, were saying we're prepared to work collaboratively, and then they kind of parted ways. And ironically, the things that they said about each other wasn't personal, but there was a kind of almost contempt about saying, listen, you're a good person, I wish you well, but what you do isn't what I want to do. And actually, I think you're hurting the team. And each person, it, it's kind of strange that both recognize the hard work of each other and, and, and the endeavors, etc., but nevertheless, it's not just they simply said, this isn't working. They said, it's not working and, and then kind of twisted. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you shared us a video, which is absolutely true. All this could be just posturing, honestly. Like I'm not interested in the posturing. I'm not interested in the politics. I'm more interested in the mahout. Molly, what do you think? You know, can you say truths in the world in which we live and still be a politician that's that's broad-based? Okay, it's a great question. So first of all, listen, Smutrich, I think, does go farther in the way that he talks, in his style, um, than I think, I, I think objectively he, he passes a line. Like as, as, as Johnny said, there are plenty of, Rav Stav, for example, who we've had on this podcast, is very capable of standing up for religion and speaking in a way that would be a lot more acceptable to a lot more people. And and, and, and what and, happened when he ran for right. for a chief rabbi? Exactly. So that's what I was he lost. Gonna, right. Which like, <laughs> exactly. So what I was going to say is, is it possible for a person to um, speak in a way that is you know? Um, for, is it possible to speak better than Smutrich? Yes. But do I think, Ruby, you might be right that by definition, if you are going to stand up for certain values that you hold dearly, you're going to end up very clearly, um, you know, not knocking out certain people for, from voting from you, for you by definition? Also, yes. Will you be vilified by the press? Probably. All those things are probably also true. Yep. And therefore... 
Bottom line, I, I, I'll do what we did yeah. last week. Bottom line, do you think we need a do we need a miflegat yes. that anymore? Again, yes. Good. Again. Are you going to vote for it? Now, I'm not going to say who I'm going to vote for, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'll say this. I will probably not vote for Smutrich because even if I believe that I should vote for a religious nationalist party, he, I, my values don't align with him. If 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 somebody else try, give me somebody, give me somebody. If, if, if Rav Stav was running a party, right? If Rav Shula was running a party. Again, I don't want these people to be running parties because we know what happens when people go into politics. Um, but would I vote for that? I would consider it. If I hmm. felt that they By were the way, gonna, I, and again, this is Mali, a, the Israeli didn't tell us who she votes for. How can yeah, Mali, Israelis do say who they vote <laughs> I for? You should go Listen, yeah, I, 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 I vote consistently. That's what I'll say. At the, at the end of the day, I have I voted for the same party for the past, I think, every single election. Are you still going to vote for that same party this time or um, you had enough? I'm not going to answer that question. Um, <laughs> Johnny, do we need our own party? Do we? And then we'll wrap it up. Do we need our own party? Because we're running out of time. I, I, I go back to the question. I don't know who Al is. And I, and oh I my God! Do I need my own party? <laughs> but then that's the point. If you need your own party, then you're interested in individualism. Sounds like it right? sounds like I should be in the Knesset because everybody seems to think they need their own party now. You know right. I mean? So I, I I believe there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, I, I think that yes, as Migzari uh, uh, needs that need to be attended to, but that could be attended to if you're a member of government. That's not an impossibility. Um, my belief is that those who speak for religious Zionism in politics don't do a good enough job currently that I'd want them to be having a party for religious Zionists. I think in the past there were people who I felt were broader in terms of their scope, but nevertheless they didn't succeed. By the way, what do you guys think? I don't have the answer. Zvul and Hammer, remember him? If everybody not really. He's before, no, a little before yeah. my. I'm I know saying, he, he was. was a religious Zionist, but he was Naim Halichot, and uh, right. I mean, that, but that's a different. It's true. It's a different generation. You know, like there was who was the Sarha Chaklaut in the end. Um, he was also a member of the party, like the mustache guys. I always think of those guys as. You know what I'm saying? The old times. You know, the religious Zionists. I don't remember who we were talking about. Anyway, right. But that the point is, unfortunately, that isn't. The reality, I mean, it, where I, I, mean, I, I live in Yishuv, by the way, there's like an old Yishuv and a new Yishuv. And you can tell a big difference, not just by the size of house and style of house, but even just how people talk, right? In terms of priorities, in terms of what's important. Yeah. And, and, and the old and the new is evident, not just in a Yishuv like mine, but also in, you know, religious Zionism. There's been a, a significant shift uh, for a variety of reasons. And that's played out in politics. I was going to say, it could very well be that we don't realize to what degree the country was so secular when it started. And the religious Zionist party was, was an attempt to say, we're, we, want, we want to be a part of this country, but we don't abandon our religion. And it could very well be that the country has turned so traditional. Meaning, as I, as I speak, I, like, I keep quoting these politicians, from Gidon Saar, they interviewed Gidon Saar, and then they interviewed Ron Chodai. And, and both of them agreed that they, they were both, of course I want to have a Yom Menucha. Ron Chudai, who's... Ron who's, Chudai, who is the symbol of secular Tel Aviv. So interesting, by the way, just the name of his party, you know what I'm saying, is Ha'Yisraelim. It's really, like, so much so much in there. I just, I'm going to throw it out there. But he said that. Then the fact that he felt the need to throw it out there and say, I believe in Yom Menucha, I believe in, you know, the Jewish nature of the state. The fact that he said that shows you just how far things have come. And then maybe that means we no longer need our own, our own party. And but also how far have things have gone. You know that one of my spiritual heroes is, you know, of Chaim Dov the Leviv, of Shayosh of Cohen, right? These voices from the rabbinate were voices of profound reason and understanding, reasons of sensitivity and of breadth, 
reasons which were not compromising in their faith and their religion, but ones which paid heed to the you know the broader Amistral in which they lived. And those two giants, I was lucky to meet Rav Shai Yoshev on a number of occasions, Rav Hamidah the Revi, studied all his writings. We lack those voices for people to look at religion in that way. And though we have different voices today, they're different. Uh, okay, I, have, I, I would look to Rav Stav also. I think he's very, very highly respected. Correct. Rav Stav is, a, is great, sure, but though. Rav Stav is perceived differently from both the right and the left to yeah. people like Rav Shah Yashif and Rav Chaim Topic for another discussion. Rate your rabbis. We'll leave it here. We're going to go to <laughs> Hamlatzot. Hamlatzot. Did Molly remember Hamlatzot this week? I did. I don't have a great one. Oh, record, right. But I, okay, I, I, I just have one thing to mention, which I'm sure you guys saw, which was um, yesterday. I, I, I don't remember his name. It was Hamiftzatel. I don't Dujo? Dojo? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah, I know what you're talking How about. do you pronounce his name, Johnny? Do you know? I'm going to say do, well, I, either, I read it. Okay. Dujo. Dujo, I think. So this was a, okay. a person who um, was is a Holocaust survivor. He was 14 years old, um, and he was in Auschwitz. And Auschwitz was, was um, like, well, whatever the word is, when, when, when the, the Allies um, started winning the war, and they took them on the death march. And he survived the death march. He said that the way he survived the death march was that he had the vision of his mother in his head saying, um, you should survive and you should go to Eretz Yisrael and in Eretz Yisrael they're going to serve you these 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 roles she used a word I think she used Bilkalach um, these roles that um, you know the, 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 these roles that, that are going to sustain you and you're going to you're going to live because of because of these roles and he did survive he said he, the image of his mother and that vision carried him through he came to Israel and then he ended up in Shukmach and Yehuda and he saw falafel and he said, uh, this is it. This is what my mother was talking about. And every day, on, I think on the day that he was liberated, he, um, he eats falafel. And it, it became actually, this is a social media thing, um, it became a, a, a national mivtzah, national, what's, what's the word for mivtzah? Uh, Program, national initiative. Whatever. Initiative of people yeah. eating falafel, taking pictures with their falafel and putting them up. And uh, to me, that's very moving. People want to want to take a look at it and look at all the posts and all the you know all the hashtags. What day um, was it? When was it? It was, it was recently. Yesterday. The other day. It was yesterday. yesterday. Oh. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. Um, yes. And to me, that's a good hamlatza. I think yeah, that's a really it's very nice beautiful. And, and I'll add to that hamlatza another mini hamlatza that goes together with it. If people want to watch this, which is do you remember Kululam? They kind of disappeared because of Corona, but they were sure. a group that got people together to sing, and they were bridging gaps in society with, with music and song. And one of the th- songs they did was the song Chai. Right, which is um, a song about mm-hmm. life and, and rejuvenation and the rejuvenation, rejuvenation of the Jewish people. And one of their most beautiful clips is a clip where they have Holocaust survivors and their grandchildren in Israel singing that song together. And I think that the spirit of that song and the spirit of that mitzah, to me, very much encapsulates um, the, 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 the miracle of the Jewish state. And if we're talking about religious Zionists, I think that's the, that's the vision that religious Zionists are fighting for. So that's, that's my Hamlatza. Tell me again the name of the, of the Mivitza, Mivitza Shell. Shell. Du, Dujo. Dalid Dujo. Vav, you know. Gimel Chipchik. Gimel Chipchik. Johnny. Yeah. Recommend uh, us. My name, Johnny. Johnny with a Chipchik as well. Yes. Uh, the truth is I didn't necessarily prepare Hamlatza, but I don't know if I mentioned to you guys a few weeks ago, we as a family invested in Spotify for family. Did I mention that? That no. You know, it, 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 that with Spotify, uh, if you regularly use it, it has adverts. 
and then you can pay a bit of money and then you don't have adverts. But then if there is a family plan, so if you pay X amount, then five, six users get Spotify without adverts. And the beautiful thing is then whoever's part of that plan, you kind of get a sense of what each person's listening to. So all of us are at home, all seven of us, um, and, you know, enjoying everyone, you know, draining the internet at every moment in time and interrupting each other. But in between, a lot of my kids and myself were listening to music, trying to kind of keep things going. And firstly, it's just been fun uh, uh, listening to not just the music I like, but once in a while getting a sense of what my daughters are listening to. But it just reminded me also about the richness of Israeli music. I, you know, you guys love, know that I love music. And I, hopefully in the next uh, few weeks, we're going to be discussing that a, as a more kind of cultural phenomena. But listening to Israeli music, which is available on Spotify, as well as some great podcasts. So I, it's hardly a great hamlet sign, like I'm telling people there's such a thing as Spotify. Uh, or that there's such a thing as Spotify Premium, that you pay a bit of money, don't have adverts. But if you're spending a little bit more time listening to uh, Spotify Try and look out for music you may not have heard before. Uh, and I've been hearing music these past few weeks I hadn't heard before, which have really moved me and helped me. And, you know, it's been raining. It's been quite cold. Uh, and schools are still not opening up. And everyone needs a little bit of chizik, a little bit of lifting. And certainly that's ha helped me and my family uh, over the past few weeks. All right. Thank you, Johnny. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to share um, my son sent to me. There was actually an article about this in the, in the magazine, the Motsash magazine about this duo, this Haredi duo, who record like uh, video clips, sort of like Underdas, but for Haredim, which is called Bardak. You can look it up on YouTube, quite popular. I watch the videos you sent Did us. You watch so. them, do you? I mean, yeah, funny. <laughs> they were funny, but disturbing, which is why, whatever, I, like, you know, I laugh too. Bardak, Bet Resh Dalid Kuf, Bardak. And uh, what's interesting is, what's really interesting is, it's clearly done with very high production values, meaning it's done, it's, it's, it's done in a serious way to try to tell a story. And you see, and interestingly, at least from the outside, that this kind of thing is becoming popular, that it's becoming popular even in the Haredi world. You know, they say they don't have YouTube. Many of them don't have YouTube. So they share these videos on WhatsApp. They don't even know how many, how many, how many uh, views they're getting because they're sharing it from person to person to person inside their own inside their own networks. But it's an interesting, very clever kind of sort of humorous view. You can look it up, something to be aware of. Okay, we're gonna wrap it up here. I wanna thank Rav Johnny Solomon, Rav Nimali Bravsky. My name is Ruven Spolter. I wanna thank uh, my son, Betachis Spolter, for our music. He's actually revamping the music, so maybe soon we'll have new music. And uh, I wanna thank all of you for our listeners. We've gotten such great feedback in the past uh, few weeks about, uh, about our episodes and comments that has been very, very valuable to us. We always encourage you to reach out to us and to email myself or Johnny to write us on our Facebook page or Molly, you know how to reach us. We're not hard to find. Uh, and also, as always, we ask that you rate us in the iTunes store. Give us a nice rating, hopefully a very high rating if you enjoy. And that allows other people to discover our podcast. And people have also been sort of posting about it on, uh, on social media. That, of course, exposes us to new people as well. Have a great week, everybody. 